podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Premier League Forecast. Uh, my name's Kev, joined tonight by Luke, uh, Luke and Oscar from All These TV, rivalry aside, and Luke Tanner, our uh, resident for a normal Friday night. How is everyone? You all good? Not too bad. Great, right, mate. All good. Listen, thanks for coming on and welcome to the first, first uh, of many shows this season on a Friday night. Uh, the basic premise of this is what we're going to do for most of the season. Well, when the season gets going, we're going to focus really on probably three or four games uh, of the of the weekend and do our best to take our Liverpool hats off and uh, look at the games objectively and just discuss what we you know what we think and how we see it going we're also going to be pl- going into the uh, fantasy football league that the channel's set up and we're going to do a bit on that every week an update and see where everyone is see what the teams are and also have a look at the players that are making moves on the fantasy football ladder who some are going to be playing the obvious some are going to be absolute coming out of nowhere uh, there's one on the top 10 list that we were looking at today. And we were like, who the hell's this guy? <laughs> we'll see him later. Don't worry. But Luke, uh, from rivalry aside, we'll start off with yourself. How's your uh, preseason been going? Because it's been a while since we've seen you. Yeah, mate. No, thank, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I really do appreciate it. Um, how's preseason going? Preseason's preseason, isn't it? Like, you know, there's all this talk about how players are performing, how they're not performing. Like, you know, we all know, like, Nothing really kicks on until the Premier League kicks in. But no, can't complain. So far, so good. Um, you know, all wins apart from a draw against uh, Sevilla. Been out in Korea. Um, we were in uh, Scotland last weekend. And then last game on uh, tomorrow night, we're in Israel against Roma. So, yeah. So, I know. Jetting yeah, that's them. what I did as well. <laughs> Jetting about there. Yeah, Oscar. Exactly. Well, how, how about yourselves? Because... You guys have had a really busy window, more in incomings than outgoings, but the outgoings are significant. How has it been settling down with the new manager now that he's got his own players and um, his new ideas of how he wants to play? Are you seeing much change? Yeah, I think in terms of performances, results preseason, it's been a bit mixed. Um, I think it's been okay so far. I think it's been better than last season's preseason. I think in terms of the recruitment, We've improved the depth because we have brought in more players than we've let go. But ultimately, we've let our two best players go in terms of Rafinha and Phillips. Um, I think the good thing is, especially with Phillips, is we didn't try and just replace Phillips with one player. Because I think realistically, with where we are at at this moment in time as a club, it was always going to be difficult to bring in a player directly replacing Phillips in terms of quality-wise. So in terms of Rocker and Tyler Adams, we kind of brought in... Rocker's passing is probably as good as Phillips's. Adams off the ball is probably good as Phillips in that kind of sense. We're trying to replace him with two players in that kind of uh, how we're trying to play. And we're playing with like a 4-2-3-1. Adams and Rocker look really good in midfield. We looked like we're keeping the ball much, much better. Uh, Christensen has been good so far. Maybe not so much going forwards as of yet. Um, there's, there's more to come, I think, from him in that sense. But defensively, rock solid. Uh, Brendan Aronson, I thought, ran the show for the first sort of 45 against Villa. Um, a good Villa team at that. And um, we've not had much luck with Sinistera. I think Sinistera is the 
the eye-catching signing really. It's a high-risk one because obviously he's coming from the Eredivisie. We don't know. We've seen hit and miss signs in the past from that kind of division in the Premier League. But he is a signing that we need to work desperately in terms of to replace Rafinha's output. But ultimately, for me, Kev, I think the left-back situation is getting critical, really. You know, obviously, Junior Firpo is going to be out for the first seven or eight weeks of the season. We haven't got another natural left-back. The striker situation is that we do probably need someone, a poacher, really, more than anything. I think Bamford and Gellhart, fine options, but I think we just need that poacher to go with them as well. You know, because Joffrey Gellhart, you know, listen, is amazing talent. I think he's someone who's going to make a big, big impression this season, as big as he did last season. But is he ready to play 38 games next season? I'm not sure, but we need just yeah. just need that other option as well for me. Oh, that's fair, Luke Tanner. Um, we've how do you see our preseason so far? Um, where we are now, where we were at the United game, to where we are today with how the squad's looking. Bearing in mind we've picked up some injuries in preseason as well. Yeah, do we I need to do I, more, or are we good more where in the we are? Window. Well, in um, general, because I mean, we've got a full squad. We have twenty-five senior players plus two yeah. that are that need to go. So, you know, yeah, I, I think as in terms of pre-season, probably the Jota injury with him probably going to be missing a little chunk of the beginning of the season isn't great. And Allison not playing since United hasn't been great. He's set to miss the City game in the, in the Community Shield, but. The good thing he's going to be, he's already back in training, but he's going to be back for the game against Fulham. Um, I think with pre-season as a whole, um, it's just like seeing where everyone is match match fitness-wise. Um, I've been impressed with Elliot um, Carvalho, especially since coming in from Fulham. I've been really impressed with him in pre-season. And I just think with pre-season, it's about making sure players aren't getting injured going into the new season. And also pre-season is a good time to see if there's any youngsters that you're going to possibly be seeing making uh, their debuts in like the League Cup in, in the earlier rounds. Best check, check. I can't, I look, I'm just going to mince his name for, uh, probably for the next three years. But 17-year-old kid playing in uh, six as an understudy to Fabinho, he's impressed me quite a bit. Um, his ability to pass the ball, he's calmness on the ball. He wants the ball all the time. And for a 17-year-old kid whose father was good, his father played for Serbia, and he was born in Spain. He's got Spanish nationalities, and we've pinched him. So he's got to be one to keep an eye on as the uh, when the league, when it comes around for the League Cup. But that's a good while off yet. There was Antico made a comment there, evening – Evening people confirmed we are playing Villa behind closed doors after Fulham. I've seen a lot of people um, saying Klopp is complaining about too many games, and then we arrange it behind the sort behind the, the closed doors pre uh, friendly game. And a large reason for this is very simple: if you're going to have a squad of twenty five players this early in the season, you need everyone as match sharp and as as match fit as possible. And after the Fulham game, we don't play again for a week. So if you're arranging a midweek fixture behind closed doors with a good side, you're not going to be playing your first 11. You're going to be playing your second 11. The players, you need to get minutes into their legs. Both sides, Villa 
Villa will be in the same boat. And it's more for me about match sharpness for the squad, not for the first 11 or even the first 14 or 15. You know, so I think you're going to see a fair few sides doing this because with the how short the preseason is this 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 uh, summer, I think we've probably played more games than most. I think City have only played two, and tomorrow yeah. they, they're going to be looking to do the exact same thing. I mean, Community Shield tomorrow, Luke, uh, in say Filbert Street, Leicester City's ground, uh, King Power. King Power Stadium, yeah. Look, I mean, it's not a Wembley for obvious reasons. The women will be hopefully doing some good things on Sunday. But it's not a bad thing, I don't think, because how do you see the Charity Shield, Community Shield? Is it something that clubs should take seriously? Is it experimental? Is it, look, here's our show off your flash new signings. This is our new kit kind of thing. Is it a marketing thing? What's the story with it? I, th- I think it's a bit of both. I yeah. do think it's a bit of both. Um, if you ask some fans, it's like, oh, it's just a friendly, it's just a glorified friendly with a trophy at the end of it. doesn't really matter. But I think for Liverpool and City, I think it will. I think it will matter. Um, I think it's definitely the curtain raiser for the beginning of the season. And it's just going to be another psychological edge with whoever wins this to go on for the new season. Um, so if Liverpool just nick it, then we've got that sort of mental edge over City. But if City win it, then it could be the same thing. But I think the most important thing is everyone comes out injury-free. Injury-free. Yeah. Don't need another injury. No, I think everyone's got to be in the same boat at this time of the season. It must be because... Luke, you went to um, you went to watch Tottenham, didn't you? Uh, yeah, recently. Fi- finally. And it, yeah, yeah exactly. it must have been the case you were sat there like that with because uh, Conte played a f- pretty good, a full strength side for a fair bit of time as well. So, yeah. what did you make of them? Because from the bits that I've seen, they were really quick in transition. The they turned over Rangers and got at them on the counter press really, really well. Yeah, I think that I just want to kind of talk, reiterate that bit on the community shield quickly. Like, I think I will uh, come Luke back to that. Really good, about that. Oh, right. <laughs> anyway, he made a really good point about keeping injury yeah. free. Uh, but uh, we'll come back to that. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Do you know come what? Back I, I just... Living in Scotland, I never get to go to that many Spurs games that often. So, uh, do you know what? When there was a preseason friendly against Rangers, I was like, that's it. I'm there. No matter <laughs> how, I'm get, how I'm getting a ticket, I'm getting there. So, do you know what? It was a really good game, actually, as well. Like the Rangers fans were really good. Like I walked in with a load of them from where I, where I parked the car, and then uh, it was a good bit of banter walking down. And uh, yeah, it's one of those preseason friendlies. If you go and watch them live, like it, it, you are right. Like part of the time you're like get stuck in, put the tackles in, and then the next minute you're thinking, oh, no one get injured because yeah, you know we played our front three. You know, Son, Kane, Kulusevski for a lot of the game. You know, the only major difference is Davison Sanchez played. Uh, back for us, and don't think he'll play in the Premier League. And uh, Hoiberg also played in the midfield as well. I think that he's presumably will play um, the majority of games in there instead of him. But yeah, do you know what? I, Rangers were quite were quite good. I was actually pleasantly surprised that like, they've just signed um, Matonda. Matonda, I think his name is from Schalke. He's absolutely rapid and gave uh, Cessna and Davidson Sanchez a right odd time. But yeah. Uh, they did, yeah. 
you know, as you said, in that counter-press type of thing, Harry Kane dropped in a few times at the halfway line and just was pinging balls round the backs. And I think we'll we'll see that a lot a lot um, in, in the next season. But I think people expect that now from, from Harry Kane and Spurs. Yeah. You know, it, everybody... it was one of those things that he developed in his game under Mourinho. People always knew he was yeah. there because he always had a good passing range. But seeing him dropping back and being the playmaker of the two, as well as someone who could get beyond, it's something new. But we're looking at the champion or the charity shield tomorrow. What are you expecting from City? You know, if you're looking at City tomorrow, because they have only played the two games, they have a very thin squad. If you look at if you go online and you look up the Man City squad, it's um it's surprising and it should be alarming to City fans how many players they've actually senior players they've actually got at the club at the minute. I think Laporte's I mean, injured as well. Yeah, Laporte's out for the first month. Well, so how, do you, yeah. how do you see City going with it? Are you, sorry, me. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, yeah sorry. Too, I know. It's, no, no. It's always a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I think. Do you know what? I always find it interesting, City Liverpool, and definitely, you know, again, I'll keep a close eye on because it's going to be really interesting, right? Which one chooses which tactic, right? Which one puts the not full strength team out against the full strength team, and which one blinks first? Do you know what I'm saying? And so I'm yeah, quite yeah. interested to see who plays who and who takes it more seriously than the other in the eye of the opposition. Because I think Luke was right when he said, you know, it's a good, whoever wins, it's a good start to the season, especially when the top two are more than likely going to be, you know, City and Liverpool again. So it's it's this kind of battle between Pep and Klopp is, is, is quite interesting. You know, does Klopp put out not a full strength team and still beat a strong City side? Or does Pep do the opposite and uh, get beat by yeah. by Liverpool? Do you know what I'm saying? So it's really like it's going to be really interesting. I think who does that. Well, I think Luke was right. You know, it's 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 going to be all about like who comes out injury free. But I also think that it, it's still a good competition. It's a good start to the season, definitely. Well, it's, it's a good thing in a way, Oscar. Uh, it's on ITV, so it's going to be as wide a, an audience as possible for. A good and it's a good kickoff time as well. I think it's five o'clock. Um, open to correction on that. But being on ITV, um, how do you see Liverpool taking this, or do you think it's a case that look, it's just another preseason game, get the minutes and legs? But the difference from with it that I can see with the champ with the Community Shields Charity Shield, there's only six subs allowed. So how would you how do you th- see it going tomorrow? I don't really see either team going full strength. They might get close. It might just be, you know, three or four players like kind of like being rested in that lot. I think both teams Liverpool will start Nunes for me, City will start Haaland. I think that's a bit of a psychological thing between the two in terms of a little battle. A little battle brewing between the two. I think I think they're both probably gonna be the main contenders for that golden boot. Um but no, I think for both teams, you don't want to show your hand too early, especially how tight it's going to be this season. Because I think, once again, for me, it's going to go to the last day of the season. I genuinely think that already in four balls being kicked. I think that both teams are so, so close in terms of one team might be a little bit better at the back, but the other team's better in the field for me. It's so, so close between the two. And yeah, for City... With Laporte being out for a month, I'd be surprised if he start Diaz and Stones 
I'd be surprised at that because if the, if one of those if one of them picks up an injury, all of a sudden, yeah, they're in a real mess. And listen, Diaz had injury problems last season. Stones had injury problems as well. So I think Ake probably comes in. Um, but on to Liverpool, it wouldn't surprise me if the likes of Carvalho start. Maybe Simicast might start at left back instead of Robertson. You know, something like that might happen. Um, you know, maybe Gomez comes in at centre back instead of Canate. You know, little things like that. Well, obviously, mm. Allison won't start, so that's going to be a bit yeah. of a change. But I, I do expect that the subs both teams make will be strong subs with the intention of trying to win the game. I don't think it'll be a case of, you know, they'll just leave star men on the bench for the sake of it. I can't see that being the case. But, um, but yeah, I don't think... I think, obviously, both teams want to win, but they don't want to show the cards too early at the same time as well. That's I think fair. that's... That's something yeah, I think you no. notice a lot with the, char- the charity shield. You know, I think it's a, there's a bit of a stat, isn't there? I think that the team that wins the charity shields hasn't won the title for ages. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty well, I sure think, I saw a stat on that. I think the last three winners of the um, community shield were Leicester won it last year. I think Arsenal won it, and I'm pretty sure City won it recently as well. We I have think a City three winners in the last and decade. you won the title, didn't you? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, Liverpool it's... haven't won this since 2006. Mm, wow. You know, so, I mean, Luke T, um, Adrian will start tomorrow. Yeah. Um, See, Ad- Adrian it... Tax is a bit of a thing, to be fair. I didn't, I didn't realise Adrian was going to start. Like, he's actually been one of Liverpool's yeah. better players in pre-season, which, is, yeah, which is surprising. Why didn't expect you play Kelleher? He's injured. injured. He's been injured. He's missed preseason. Yeah, he he picked up an injury. I think while he was playing for Ireland, and he hasn't been he hasn't been back. Uh, Sam Tendy with a comment there. LSU will take it seriously in terms of it will be near enough to starting eleven that plays against Fulham. The majority play ninety minutes, and the rest of the squad will play against. Yeah, that's the thing. We've got plays. We're playing Strasbourg at home on the Sunday. So. But the thing is, they have to play one game at Anfield before the season starts. And I don't know why this was arranged to play on a Sunday because it's just, to me, it's just crazy. But to test all the facilities, to get everyone back into the swing of things, the new players getting used to turning up at match day and the match day routines, also the new pitch. They'll want to test the new pitch and see what that's like. So... But the one question I was going to ask you, Luke, is who do you start up front? Do you start Darwin Nunes or do you start Bobby? I'll probably start Bobby Firmino, uh, to be honest. And then, yeah, you probably don't want to play your hand, as Oscar said. You probably don't want to play your strongest team against City. So it wouldn't surprise me if Firmino starts this one and Nunes starts against Strasbourg. Um, I think, I think if Jota was fit, then we would have seen Nunes being blooded in a little bit slower. But the fact that Jota's out injured, you're sort of expecting him to sort of hit the ground running. But I do expect him to come off the bench tomorrow, but I don't expect him to start. There's one other position I think that's up for grabs is the right centre mid spot. And it's a straight choice between Henderson and Harvey Elliott. And last season, he started the season with Harvey Elliott and he played him when he was available. Um, and he trusted him and he, he he just gave him his head and let him go. So whether he does that again and maybe you'd have Henderson coming on to lead 
the last 30 minutes with mm. the ch- with the players that come off the bench with him it'll be an interesting one but I, yeah I agree with you I don't think we I think the media especially in the, in the UK the, they're going to big up this um Harvey Elias oh, sorry no uh, Darwin Nunes and Erling Haaland rivalry you know the two big men up front all season long and it's going to be so many highs and lows it's going to be if Haaland scores a brace, he's the best thing since sliced bread. Nunes doesn't score, he's a crap signing, and Klopp doesn't know what he's doing, and yada yada yada, and vice versa. You know, Haaland does Haaland goes on a barren run of three or four games where he does nothing. I he's just play, he was done it in the Bundesliga, he can't really do it in the Premier League. Yeah. It's it's gonna be like this. It's gonna be like that for the season. But across I mean I'm looking at the, the sides. For me, it's going to be a case of you want to win it great. You want to come out of it without any injuries, first and foremost. You want to see the patterns of play from Liverpool. And you want to see what City are going to do. Are City going to adapt and change the way they play to accommodate an Erling Haaland and Julian Alvarez because of who they've lost this summer and potentially could carry on losing more? You know, it's... Yeah. It's it's a it's what it so many different narratives to this game that is I'm I'm fascinated how it, how it goes, but I mean overall, we're we've got a month left to go in the transfer window now. Um, Luke T, do you think we're done? No, I I don't think we're done. I think. Wouldn't surprise me if Oxley Chamberlain we sort of like let him leave through the back door. I think one of the you know middle to low Premier League clubs will be desperate enough to twist our arm. Um, I think we're willing to take anything between eight to ten million. I think we really want to get him off the books because he sort of didn't really play a lot towards the end uh, end of the season. He sort of went off in a huff against Nottingham Forest, and you didn't really see him between then and and the end of the season. And I know Klopp is big in, has bigged him up in pre-season, but I think he like took a shot and got injured and then went off, and then we've not really seen him since. So if anyone's willing to pay eight million, then yeah, I'll happily, you know, ship him off, ship him off to like West Ham, yeah. Southampton, Villa, if Gerard um, wants to buy him. Luke, has Spurs got players on their books at the minute that need the exit door to hurry up and swallow them up? You know, they'd need yeah, this month to start finding new homes. Yeah, there's probably a few, to be honest. But I think with Spurs, they've they've done it for once in their lives. I'm not going to suggest that all of the signings are perfect. But I think for once in their lives, they've done things the right way. And they've bought first and then sold. In previous windows, it was sell, let's generate money. And then we'll then put that, you know, back into the club <laughs> and... Uh, and get some players in. What we've done is the complete opposite this time. We've bought, I would say, 85, 90% of what we want. Um, there's still rumours that we're in for either, you know, an attacking midfielder is is a key one um, for Spurs that they are monitoring. For me, it's not my preferred Careful. option. I prefer you, another. You get, you get called monitor FC after that, after a while. <laughs> be careful with little things like that. Uh, you know, I much prefer another. Uh, another centre back, in my opinion. Left I think we're back. still, yeah. I think we're still a little bit, a little bit weaker. You brought in Clement Longley. You brought in Clement Longley. <laughs> yeah, but... Now, I mean, 
he's only on loan, and he's got pedigree when he's fit. But yeah, can he stay fit? He'll do well. That's why I think. Yeah, and, that, and that's yeah, why I'll... we need another left centre back because <laughs> because it's you know it's a risk, and that's why they brought him in on loan. That's why they're not trying to buy him. They put no obligation. Isn't Longley no... going to be like Dyer's cover? Or is he going to? Well, he came on when he came on against Rangers. He played left centre back. Um, so I don't know. Who who knows what they're gonna what they're gonna do with him? Because at the moment we've either got Ben Davis to play left centre back. He's left, just extended, yeah, hasn't he? Back. He has yeah, been for a few years. Um, or we're gonna play Clement Longley. So we're gonna play three centre backs. So that's why I think we need another left centre back that's gonna play um, gonna play kind of to a higher caliber. Now you know if we go back all the way with Longley um, to the time at Sevilla. He was a great. He was a great player for them. When he goes to Barcelona, and you know it all falls apart for him. So that's what Spurs have done. That's why they've done it as a loan and not, you know, there's no obligation, no mandatory fee, no nothing like that. In his, uh, you know, so Spurs have got to get out of jail free calls if it goes all terribly wrong. So I think that's really the area that Spurs need to do. But yeah, there, there's a lot of players that need to see the door. You know, like Harry Winks, um, Sergio Reguilón. It looks like he wants to go. He's, you know. He said he wants to go to Barcelona, but that's a little bit. Everyone <laughs> yeah, wants to go to Barcelona well, at the moment. Uh, either fun, Max Doherty or Emerson. It's funny you mentioned Barcelona. Uh, Oscar, it seems like uh, Barcelona have annoyed Chelsea to the extent that the Chelsea have put a block on Alonso and Aspilicueta talking to Barcelona. Is it possible that Barcelona could look at Sergio Regulon as a... Uh, as an option, yeah, possibly. I mean, Jordi Alba is probably playing some of his best football that he's played the sort of the last two or three years. To be fair, under Xavi, but obviously he's not getting any younger. It probably makes sense, regular as a long-term kind of replacement. But uh, yeah, very possible. I think it'd be a good signing. Much better fit than Marcus Alonso. Let's be honest. I mean, that yeah. was just that's a terrible. That's a terrible if idea. Had sense, they'd let Barca take Alonso and Aspilicueta off their hands and go. Right, as soon as you're taking them, then you're not speaking to us again. But it's doing them a favour if they take Marks yeah, well, Alonso with the back four. They're going, nah, no well, thanks. What are, I was going to ask you as well, what are Spurs getting in Clement Longley? And how do you, well, from the outside now, because you've got no vested interest in what Spurs have done and, and haven't done. How is that window looking to you from the outside looking in? I think it's good. I think it's good. Um, I think, obviously, listen, the gap between City and Liverpool and the rest of the league is big, but there's no reason why Tottenham can't win a trophy this season, uh, whether that's an FA Cup, League Cup, whatever it is. Um, there's no reason why they can't do that this season. And I think there's no reason why they can't kind of be there and thereabouts at times this season. A bit like what Chelsea did last season, where they kind of flirted with a title race. I think Tottenham will start the season well. I think Kane is absolutely bang on it in pre-season. He's just absolutely immense at the minute. Um, so, yeah, it feels it's a, in a much better place than what it was this time last year. I don't think it could be any worse, could it, let's be honest, than this time last year. But it's exactly what you kind of expect from a Conte team. They feel like the underdogs, but Conte loves that. He did it at Chelsea, into Milan. Yes, Klopp and Guardiola are in the same league, a whole different thing. I can't see getting top two, but... They'll flirt with it, I think, Tottenham. Um, I do think they'll flirt with it. In terms of Clement Longley, um, I think you look at his Barcelona career, I think you can break down in two parts. His first two years or so, he was genuinely superb, I thought. Um, 
I think he was one of the best young centre-backs in Spain, without a doubt. I think the Barcelona's defensive record, I think, was superb. They were keeping clean sheets, looked solid at the back. I think the turning point was kind of like 8-2 against Bayern Munich. I think it just battered his confidence. There's a few players you could say that about. Ter Stegen, Jordi Alba, Nelson Semedo. Just completely confidence gone at that point. And I think it's Clement. And the Wi-Fi has gone in Leeds, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Luke, um, well, Oscar will drop out. You'll come back in a sec. But how do you see Spurs in the top four race? Are they genuine title contenders? Are they nailed on Champions League certs for next season? How do you see their season going? It's, sorry, it's this me or... Yeah, Luke Tanner. Sorry, Luke Tanner. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I think Spurs are definitely going to be in the top four. Uh, I think there are a couple of signings away from being title challengers. If they got uh, Bastoni from Inter Milan, then I'd be like, yeah. wow, that's a signing. And I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe they might be pushing pushing into that title race. But I feel like that they will definitely get top four. Um, that will all depend about how quickly Conte wants to exit the Champions League this season. Because um, his European record ain't great. So, But I do think Spurs will be top four. I think Kane and Son definitely got the firepower to to definitely keep Spurs in the top four. And um, I, I like some of Spurs' business. I don't like all of it. I think Basuma's a good signing. I, um, I think they've signed Romero permanently now. I think he's a great yeah. centre-back. Um, not too sure on Richarlison. And I'm not, I'm not sold on Jed Spence yet. I feel like that he needs to adapt quickly under Conte or else he's going to find himself on that bench. So, yeah, I think Spurs are definitely going to get top four there. At the moment, they're my favourites for third place, um, ahead of Chelsea, Arsenal, United, West Ham. So, yeah, I, I definitely think Spurs will definitely get uh, third place. Just quick fire to uh, Luke on Spurs. Have you seen much of, have you seen much of Perisic in uh, a Tottenham shirt? What's he been like? No. No, he played, uh, I want to say... 30 minutes against Rangers. He had COVID when they went to Korea. So, okay. you know, couldn't play there. Uh, yeah, I think it's either COVID or he had a uh, hamstring injury. It, the, basically him, Forster, Bissouma, they were all out for their tour of Korea. Um, so they all played their first minutes against Rangers. Do you know what? I think that, like, what the rest of the guys have said, sorry, I know you said quick, but what the yeah, rest no, of the okay, guys sure. said are like, are like, all correct. You know, I think the Spurs will, will be in the top three. It, we're far too far off, um, you know, any kind of so-called title challenge. You know, I wouldn't even get into that discussion. I said at the end of last season, Spurs will win a trophy this season. I still 100% believe that. Um, in terms of the signings of such as Perisic, Richarlison, um, you know, obviously signing uh, Romero again uh, on a permanent as opposed to, you know, the loan first time around. I think those kind of signings are key. I think what Conte wants to build at Spurs is a hard, uh, ruthless and dominant team. And I think that those kind of older heads, such as the Perisic's, um, you know, not necessarily the Richarlison's, but him with his... Uh, I don't I don't see him as a signing for Spurs where he's going to score 15 goals a season. I see him as a person who is going to be, excuse my language, a shithouse. He's going to win set pieces high at the pitch. 
he's going to be a nuisance. And that's what I think they want at Spurs now under Conte. I think they don't want this nice Spurs, this nice rollover Spurs to lose against uh, Liverpool or to get beaten by um, Chelsea or whoever it is. They want a Spurs that are going to, you know, we literally just signed a set piece coach. So to me, for having Richarlison to, you know, come on and win balls high at the pitch late on in games to take a dive, you know, like he does, like I a lot of players. I'm being, you know, well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. There's, there's team, yeah. all of us are on a team where someone takes a little bit of one every so often just to uh, to win the ball in a specific area of the pitch, and uh, yeah. I think that that's what, um, you know, that's what he's brought in for. So I, I like the business we've done. Jed Spence is going to be interesting. Willie bedding quickly. He's going to have to. Uh, Conte's already said that Lucas Moura is another option. He's got a right wing back now that he's going to convert to a right wing back. That's so uh, that would say if we if he is a right wing back now, we're going to say it's four right wing backs we've got. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Red Steve is asking there, Luke. All we want to know is who's starting fullbacks for Spurs asking for a friend. So basically, Red Steve needs help filling out yeah. the rest of his fantasy football team, and we'll get to that later on. But who do you think are your nailed down in your back five? Oh Jesus, that's, that's a really our, tough one. Been, I think, I think opening Arsenal in three weeks' time. Who's starting? Yeah. In three weeks' time, I think Perisic. No, starts. you know what I mean. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Perisic starts at left wing back. I think first game of the season. I think Ryan Sessegnon plays left wing back without a doubt. Um, does come at Longley start the season again? Someone that's only had fifteen minutes against Rangers and one game against Roma tomorrow night. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think the opening game is going to be Sessegnon, Davis, Dyer, Romero, and uh, Emerson. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I just think that I just think like all the signings that we've made in those positions, they're not ready. They're not. They're not match fit. No, no way they match <laughs> fit. Fair enough. Uh, My only concern lot- with Tottenham in terms of what the building at the back is that I look at Romero, Dyer, Longley, especially Longley and Romero. Quite an aggressive back three. That it's yeah. a back three that's going to go flying into tackles. And what yeah. I think I always like centre back pairings or a back three where you've got one man who just sort of stays where he is, kind of thing. I just feel that with those three, they're just going to want to win every single duel, every single ball, play really high up the pitch. And if they don't win the duel, I kind of think might be the old problem. But I think all in all, you got three there, one extra on the cubby. It should be okay, but. Might just be the odds game against a Man City or Liverpool where it might just be a little bit too aggressive against a Haaland or you know, someone who's a bit more streetwise and Salah in that lot. That might just be Tottenham's slight problem. But other than that, you've got to say Perisic is going to add your goals and assists yeah. as well as and he's probably an upgrade at left wing back. Jed Spence, he's got to do better than Emerson. Um, than Emerson Real for me. I, I just can't see how he isn't going to be an upgrade on Emerson. Although Emerson Real, to be fair, did come really good, I thought, towards the back end of the season. Um, I just feel like Jed Spence, there's some, there's an arrogance about Jed Spence, but I think it's a good thing. Yeah. 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 I saw on Twitter. Kind of this kind of adds to like the whole thing, thing that I've, you know, that I discussed about how they want Spurs to be, I think. And I think, you yeah, know, exactly. Plus all those players, that, that seems to be the overriding factor in quite a few of them. It looks it looks like Spurs are in a good spot, let's be fair. They've done some good business. They've got some good outs as well with uh, Bergwijn going and good money in. But 
you know, the, the the proof of the pudding is when they've got to play back to back. When they've got to play Champions League, Premier League, Champions League, Premier yeah. League. It was all well and good last season when you had one game a week and you got into the top four by default, really, because Arsenal bottled it. And it was one of those that now you've capitalised on it. The, the interesting thing for me going forward for what I can see with Spurs this season is to see how Antonio Conte manages himself and manages yeah. his temperaments when things go well and when things go bad. And the fact that he's so militant with the squad and the way he drills them is can, will the squad stick with him through thick and thin again? That's going to be the question over the season that'll be answered. You know, well, we'll see. It's, it's all good. I mean, at the end of the day, they've bought well, they'll play well. They're going to be a, gr- a great mm-hmm. watch. You know, that's for certain. But, Oscar, um, I think. From what I've seen, just quickly, I'm really looking forward to watching Aronson. Um, what about yourself? What What are the one one or two signings that you're looking at and you think, yeah, I can't wait to see this guy? You know, Sinistera is one for sure. He is rapid. He is seriously quick. But I think Aronson is a, a really good player in the making. Yeah, he's, he's not the type of player we've had for a while, to be fair, in that sort of number 10 role and... I don't know if Aaron's is going to be a player who's going to get you loads of goals and assists. I don't think he's that, that kind of direct, but he's like, he's a classy player. He just makes the right decision, the right pass at the right time. He's not obsessed with getting goals and assists. He wants, he's just interested in keeping the ball in that final third and allowing us to kind of like, I think a heavy bit of our play this next season is going to be on the fullbacks getting forward. And ultimately, you can't get the fullbacks forward if you can't keep the ball because you're just going to keep turning it over. They're going to be kind of stuck between, you know, being high up the pitch and being deep in that lot. And that's a problem we kind of had last season. So we need that. We need to keep the ball better. And I think Adams, Rocker, Aronson, there's kind of a new look midfield three with Aronson just in front. I think it's looking good so far. Um, it's just that final pass in the final third. We've lacked a little bit in pre-season, but I think Sinistera improves it. If we can get that natural number nine, you know, that bit more of a presence in the box to aim at. Um, I think that's only going to help us further. Obviously, if we can improve the left-back situation as well, it just gives us a bit more creativity from that left-hand side too. So I think Aronson's ultimately the first sign we made. The player, it feels like it's all built around at this moment in time, the team. Um, he looks superb against Villa. Maybe a little bit more quiet in the other games, but he was playing a bit more out of position. He had to play on the left wing in one of the games because we had, um, I think, Harrison playing left back to cover an injury. So, yeah, I think Aronson's someone who's going to make an impression. He might not be your friend in terms of fantasy football, as I've already said, in terms of getting points, yeah. because he's not a selfish player. He's a selfless player, which is what we kind of need. You know, someone who's just got a bit like an Erdgaard or Silver, not like at the same level. I'm not saying yeah. that at all, but kind of player, someone who doesn't really get on the end of things very much. He's not the he kind of plays like the I think the hipsters call it like the second assist. It's, it's the hockey assist, yeah. It's the hockey yeah. assist. Opens up the game and, that, and that's what we've needed for a long, long time, to be honest. Mm. I think we've needed it probably for five or six years really. Um yeah, six team. Um, I think the last player who kind of did that for us was a guy called Samu Saiz who unfortunately decided he didn't want to play for Leeds anymore after a couple of seasons. <laughs> Well, that's what we must do it really um, but yeah I think it's looking good I think a bit of a strange one though 
Um, one player I'm really looking forward to seeing is Robin Cock. Um, and I know we've had him for two seasons now, but we've not had him have, have a run of games, really, for this Leeds United team. And I think he's looked really good in pre-season. I think he is the main man that back four now in terms of he is going to be the main centre-back and it's going to be Robin Cock plus someone else now which is what kind of wanted for a while he was super important those last sort of two or three games to keep Leeds in the league he had to fill in at right back just did a superb job um, he shut off the threats for Brighton and Brentford in those last two games um, and yeah so it'll be interesting to see how Robin Cock performs I think he might even be captain from time to time um, if Lee Cooper's not in the team so, yeah, he's certainly someone who I'm looking forward to seeing regularly. Hopefully, he's got those injuries. He's, he's Sorry, he's put those injury problems behind him now. Um, and we do get a good run of games from him, really, because yeah. I think he has got the potential to be a difference maker in that sort of, you know, defensively for us. Because let's be honest, the last two seasons, we conceded far too many goals. I think in general, we yeah, look more good. solid now. But still, that's a little worry about when we try and press, we commit absolutely everyone and sometimes get caught really high up the pitch. And that is a bit of a problem against, you know, pacey forwards. You know, every single team's got pace somewhere along the line. So it's so, we've definitely got to improve in certain areas. But Oshin well, is literally asking the, same, the next question I was going to ask you. He's not convinced with Leeds. Has Banford played in pre-season? Or did he start and get injured like he did last season? What's the story with Patrick Bamford? Yeah, I think he's not looked good in pre-season, if I'm being honest. I think he's still looking like he needs to get that match sharpness. Um, and that's natural. He's hardly played the yeah. last sort of um, year and yeah, a bit. Really. Um, I think the thing with Bamford for me is we, we can't ignore the injury problems now. I think it's a little bit like where Liverpool got to with Cater to an extent, yeah. where you know when he's on the pitch and fully fit, there's a lot of talent there. He's going to give you performances pound for pound. But can he play enough games in that sense? And that's why Liverpool went and got a Thiago and other midfield signs and that lot to kind of put less reliability on, on one player. And I think that's the situation Leeds are in now. Um, we've got a really promising player up top in, Joffy Gelhart. And the debate amongst Leeds fans is if we don't sign a striker before um, the Wolves game, our first game of the season, who will it be? Joffy or Patrick Bamford? And if I'm being honest, and there is another one more preseason game to go, I can't look past Joffrey Gelhart at this moment in time. Whether Jesse Marsh sees it that way, but for me, if you're has going on ex- four, has he extended or signed he a new deal? Extended. Yeah, he's. Um, I think big pay rise, fully deserved the pay rise, and I think the big thing with Joffrey Gelhart is he stepped up in big moments for us last season, even as a youngster. And I've got no issue with Joffrey Gelhart starting the season, but. It comes back to what I said at the start of the uh, video. Can you play 38 games as an 18, 19-year-old? Probably not for me. We do need depth. And I think it showed last season throughout we had a problem at up top. You know, obviously playing Jan James up top at times. Rodrigo Moreno did convince up top. Joffrey had a couple of games. Um, it just never really looked right in that kind of sense. And, you know, in terms of Rafinha... He went on the run of form where he wasn't really getting goals and assists. But my point throughout that whole run was he didn't have anyone to aim for in the box. It was kind of... When we faced teams last season, it got to a point in the second bit of the season where it was, if you stop Rafinha, you stop Leeds in that kind of sense. And I think now we've kind of gone past that. You know, since we've got, we haven't got an outstanding player now as much, but we've got good a players. Team. We can all step a team up. team was and, working, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I think Lee, Jack Harrison's an interesting one as well. Jack Harrison. Yeah. What's the, story with, what's the story with him? Because yeah. he's been linked with moves left, right, and center. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the fact Phillips and Rafinha have gone, I'd like to think we're not going to lose another key player. Um, arguably, you say that's our three best players. You know, we might have lost in one window, but I'm hopeful um, in terms of Jack Harrison. I think the big thing for me is will Jack Harrison go onto the right hand side and be cutting in on his left foot now rather than being a touchline? Touchline hugging winger on the left hand side now that Rafinha's gone. I think the big opportunity is there now because has to I think be. with Jesse Marsh, we play very narrow. And I think now look at the way Harrison strikes the ball, the runs he makes. If he's on that rut, if he's playing, you know, I mean this in really tongue in cheek, the salad ball, yeah. Yeah. there's more opportunity for goals there than just being right on that left hand side, really, really, you know, on the hugging the touchline basically. You're not only really going to get the same goal scoring opportunities, but um, but yeah, I think you know in terms of Harrison, um, Aronson, Sinistera, and a new striker on paper that looks good. But listen, we'll have to see how it all kind of yeah. Gels I mean, in fairness, in fairness, Leeds have spent good money. You know, they've they've invested in the squad and padded the squad out, which is badly needed. You're going into the third season now in the league, so the squad needed to evolve and it needed to be to be rebuilt really and it's only a couple of more pieces and ideally you need to keep Harrison but you have spent a fair chunk of change so it's it's catch 22 if a really good offer comes in from a Newcastle it'll probably have to be considered but getting to this point in the window you'd struggle to replace then and it became it becomes one of those decisions that look if we keep him for 12 Give give us twelve months and see where we are, you know, and let him go with a heart and a half if you're safe. But Luke Tanner, how do you um, see where Leeds finish this season? Because for me, I'm optimistic about them. To be honest, I think they should. I think Leeds should. Personally, I think Leeds should be looking at somewhere between eleven and fourteen, maybe eleven and fifteen. I don't think they're going to be in trouble. I, I, I've got a feeling I know the sides who are going to be in trouble. I don't see Leeds in yeah. that breath. How do you see it? I don't think they'll be in trouble, but I think as Oscar said with, with Bamford and Gelhart, I do feel like that they need the goal scorer because um, Bamford hasn't been looking as sharp since he's returned. And I do feel like that it, if things don't go well starting off for Jesse Marsh, I don't know whether or not he could potentially lose his job, even though that he has invested quite a lot of money. You have seen when managers invested a lot of money and it doesn't go well beginning of the season, you get to around Christmas and they could be lower lower where they're expecting and then he could get the trigger. Um, but I do feel like that leads uh, probably a striker away and then they'll be safe, I think, because as you said, Kev, there are definitely worse sides in this division. Bournemouth, um, Bournemouth, maybe Southampton, maybe Fulham that could be going down. So I think Leeds won't be get dragged into a relegation battle, but I do think that they need a proven Premier League goal scorer uh, well, to just, make sure that, that doesn't happen. Just do a quick round of houses, top four, bottom three. Um, i start start with you, Luke T, actually. Go on then. Shoot away. Uh, we'll go, we'll go I think Liverpool win the league. Then I think it'll be City... Tottenham, Chelsea, then bottom three will be Bournemouth, 
Bournemouth, Fulham, Everton. Oscar, how do you see it? Top four, uh, Liverpool to win it for me. Um, very tight. Second, City. We'll have you back on Third it. and fourth <laughs> will be the North. Third and fourth will be the North London clubs for me. Probably Tottenham third, <laughs> Arsenal four, relegated. Oh, Southampton, Fulham, Bournemouth for me, bottom three. And Luke? How do you see it? You're on mute, mate. Yeah, I don't see any different to what the, the lads are saying. Um, but, you know, it's it's very difficult for me to choose. I'm going to say City. Um, I think the I think Harlem will, will score enough goals to, to get in the league, I, I believe. Um, but it's going to be very, very tight City-Liverpool. I think it'll be Spurs-Chelsea. Um, bottom three, I'm just going to go for the three promoted teams. I think that, you know, I don't see what everyone thinks about Nottingham Forest. That's, that's so. I think they've so done too much season. business. I think they've done too much. Like, they've bought yeah. a practically new starting 11. I think that's way too much. Yeah, like, but that's yeah, what I'm get, saying. That's that's part of the problem sometimes, isn't it? How do you get a new, 11, quality, new starting 11? They've practically signed a new starting 11. And remember when Fulham came up, spent over 100 million, and went straight back down. Again, yeah. and if, if 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 they're not careful, I feel like that like that could be the same way. Yeah, yeah. So I would or Alison say, in the uh, chat is, say, is saying Liverpool, City, Spurs, Chelsea. Uh, Laura Duffy say Bournemouth. Just you know, it, it's for me. I think the, I think Liverpool will win the title purely and simply because we have a really settled squad, and yeah. I think. Everything hinges for all club day is who comes back fit from the World Cup. That could blow a massive spanner in, in the works for any club. Anyone could succumb to anything because it's all well and good when you have the club, when you have the players at your club from August to May. It's your training regime, it's your systems, it's your diets, it's your physios. But when players go away for four or five weeks to a different setup, different regimes, in a different climate, and then they come back to start again, anything could happen. It really could. Um, I think Liverpool win the league. I think City will finish second. I think Spurs or Chelsea. And the reason why I put Chelsea above Spurs is because I think it's pure pure know-how. It's pure experience within the squad. They've added Sterling. I think Sterling is a fantastic buy. I genuinely, I think he's going to, he's going to score the goals that Timo Werner didn't and he will get the chances that Timo Werner got, but Sterling will finish them. I think but he can't Harvard's score the ball. Excellent. No, but I think, I, 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 do I think the other like thing as well, well is with Chelsea, it's that back three for me. You know, the fact they didn't get Kunde in, they didn't get Kimpembe in. I think um, Koulibaly's a good signing, but I just think the depth behind that is that if you're going to go for it in the Champions League as well, I think... I think Chalabar be... is underrated, and I think Manag yeah, Sarr yeah. is there as well. You've got <laughs> Reese James as a very good player. I think they need to add. There's no doubt about it, they need to yeah. add. 
But I is Havertz the man as well? Is I mean, yeah, Havertz is a very good player, but is he the man to get them the goals if he's playing like as a false nine or centre forward? That Champions League the, final goal has really masked for how he's not adapted as much as I thought he would in no, um, I, in the Premier League. I can just see. I mean, I can see what what will push Spurs into the into a top into third is Son and Kane. You know, Son and Kane, yeah. their goals are unreal. You know, they're, they will chalk up good numbers again. They always do. But I just can't get away from the fact that Chelsea know how to do it. You know, and I think the, the, the points difference between what I think will be third and seventh this season will be so small. And it could come down to injuries at key moments it could come down to the World long Cup. runs in Europe. Yeah, the World Cup, long runs in Europe as opposed to going out early. It could be any number of things, but I don't think there's much to split probably four or five sides, really. It's, yeah. I think Ten Hag is in Manchester United are being slept on. I think he, he's got the nuts and yeah, bolts of a, good, of a good squad there. And if he can get his methods over to the players and they buy in, I think Ronaldo being away and out of that will help. Oh, I don't think he's going. I think he's staying. I, no, I don't think it makes no, a blind bit of I difference. Think, I don't think Ted sorry, I think him. What you said, Kev, was really interesting. Sorry to, to butt in. Yeah, but no, I think, should... like, if you look at Spurs and City and Liverpool and you look at the front line, I can see 40 to 45 Premier League goals, right? Between, you know, we're talking about like front front three. Right, yeah. I can see. You know, if we talk Spurs, I can see Son, Son scoring fifteen, Kane scoring fifteen, Kulusevski scoring at least ten. You know, so we're talking that amount of goals. We look at the likes of Chelsea, even Arsenal, uh, below that, and uh, you know, I can see Jesus scoring a few goals for Arsenal, and you know, Sterling scoring a few. But it's that amount of goals that they're gonna miss out on. From you know, I don't see Havertz scoring fifteen, seventeen Premier League goals next season, and, and that's that's what you know, if there's a Chelsea mm. fan. Great, you know, their back line yeah, yeah, yeah. probably would be great, but that's what I would worry about if I was a fan of either Arsenal or Chelsea. Yeah, I think there's definitely more business to be done across a fair few teams this summer. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the sides I, I see going down, I think Forrest are, they've just a way too, they should have, when they signed Nico Williams and Richards and Niakate, I thought they're good signings. You got Brennan Johnson up Johnson. front. And yeah, I could see for I could have I could see Forrest doing okay with that, but then they went in absolute madness. They've just reconfigured the other year, and then they brought Lingard. I think is a decent signing. Yeah, and, and the then they bought the two say, players from Huddersfield as well, didn't they? And yeah, then they bought the guy. Is, I like O'Brien though. I do like Lewis yeah, O'Brien. O'Brien was a good yeah. field, Yeah, He's good I, just, I just think it's way too much. Yeah. Everton, Everton are in a world of trouble. Um, Dwight McNeil scored twice today, actually, on his debut for Everton. But it, it doesn't matter. It's the off-field stuff. The fact that their fans are protesting already, you know, it, they're going to be like rabid dogs within a month. Wayne Rooney to be in the dogout after the World Cup. You, uh, you can see he it. Seems to be, he seems to be liking life in the States at the minute. Yeah, but he's got but, a clause in, in his contract where if a Premier League job comes knocking... He's allowed to leave. Yeah. So you can just imagine it. Lampard gets sacked. Rooney does the punditry at the World Cup. 
shit. He gets the phone call saying, fancy coming to manage Everton to get us out of a relegation battle. You honestly think Frank, yeah. Frank lasts that long? Seriously? Oh, I don't know. It's a oh, shout for know. first manager gone, you know, Frank Lampard. And someone else, just totally off topic, but someone else I think might be a little shout for first manager gone is Bruno Large, to be honest with you, at Wolves, because they finished the end of last season absolutely really badly, shockingly yeah. bad. And the Wolves board are ruthless and they've not really backed him in the summer either. So it suggests no. to me that they're not totally convinced there. But um, there's the one, it seems a weird thing to say, but I've got the, something about Sean Dyche at Everton coming in to save them yeah. for the last couple of games. Yeah, yeah again, the they have just, been buying his, his players yeah. internally. They've been laying hard work already for him. Like. Yeah. But, yeah, I, and he, do you know what? I could see that one. But listen, how are you guys... Do you first and foremost? Do you guys do fantasy fantasy football? You do yeah. in the Premier League. You built your teams. Yeah. How many I've times been you dragged back into this world? <laughs> I'm still up in our room of mine. I'm still making yeah, so many changes man. before. <laughs> I've already made changes during the show. I've been like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look, the we're going to be. We've obviously got every look. Most channels out there have their own YouTube. Uh, leagues, we're no different. And I'll join it the, now. Well, the code for the for the league is Silk Six F. All lowercase, all one word. Um, and what we're going to do throughout the season is we're going to do usually this section of the show. We're going to highlight, you know, the top ten who are in the league at the minute. We're going to highlight the best team who's in the league, the best team overall. And the players who are up and down in fantasy football, but um, it's it's surprising actually because I think so many players, people now are switched on to you know your you know if you look at the top ten players who are in fantasy football at the minute, they're being picked by an awful lot of players. So you're going to have an awful lot of. Um, Samey, samey teams. And it's going to be your surprise inclusions that could Sturridge. be the difference maker. The top 10 most picked players what? in fantasy Sturridge football at the minute the is that. Not that Sturridge. Sam Sturridge. <laughs> oh, at Leeds. it's Sturridge. <laughs> Sam Sturridge at Leeds is in 26.6% of all fantasy football teams. I mean, they're Nottingham Forest forward. It's not the Leeds forward. It's... It's, it's Sam Sturridge. I know it's Nottingham Forest. He's not in Forest now, is he? I thought he was yeah. in Leeds. But he's on the fantasy football market at 4.5 million. And that's the reason why he's in most teams. You've got oh, to pick wow. a certain amount of players on your bench and you need players who might play. So, But yeah, he's in a almost a over a quarter of all fa fantasy football teams. It's crazy to me. The most picked players are Erling Haaland. Uh, 64.5% of every team with 11.5 million. You've got your fantasy football royalty are Salah and Trent. They're guaranteed to give you points, goals and assists, clean sheets for Trent as well. Fingers crossed. I've got either. Per <laughs> yeah, well, per <laughs> Peris Perisic is... Oh, look, I think if Perisic was 27... Perisic would be one of the best players in the league. I think technically he's such a good player. 
he's he's and he's perfect for Conte's three three five three five two five five two one two whatever way you want to call it. He's a brilliant, brilliant player, and as five and a half million, he's finding his way into a lot of a lot of teams. The downside to him, I think, is will he play enough games? Yeah, to warrant taking up a Spurs slot because you can only have three players from each club. Cancelo, no brainer. You know, I think one of the best fullbacks in the league. Either well. Probably the most complete fullback in the league because he can play left back and right back, and you you wouldn't notice either way. You know, if he was playing a right back or left back, he can adapt his game to be brilliant in either side. Gabriel Jesus, um, ooh, what is he? Eight million. I I've got him in my team, but he's the one I'm humming. In, he's the one I'm humming and hanging over. Because I thought he was, I don't know what he's going to do. Um, I don't know how Arsenal got to play him. But if he gets on a run, he could be brilliant or he could fall flat in his face. Don't know. He's on my team. Yeah. Reese James, yeah. Luis Diaz, Hyungmin Son. Hyungmin Son is only in 24% of teams, mainly and truly because of his price. He's 12 million. Yeah. And he's one of those. Do you know what I mean? It's like, when you build, I built. I think I've, I'm on about seven now. I'm on about seven or eight different variations of what my what my what my team is. And for the last few years, I used to build a side that, yeah, it might be a four four two, but it, I used to actually play two holding mids. Do you know what I mean? It was crazy because I thought I I was so naive that I thought, yeah, you're building a side to play. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. I learned really quickly when I started seeing my name at like 106th out of 115 or something like that, and the other lads behind me had just given up playing. <laughs> but I mean, do you? I mean, what's the story with, with you guys? Say, Luke from Rivalry aside, how do, do you get into it? Does it dominate your weekend? Does it give you a reason to watch other teams? What's the story with you with it? Yeah, I think like reason to watch other teams definitely. You know, like I saw somebody who I know does a lot of Spurs content, and he said, "If you're picking Arsenal players, like you're not a Spurs fan, like nah, <laughs> do one." Like, do you know who's a who's a hell of a pick? Um, in my opinion, at only six million is Martinelli at Arsenal because I think he will play the majority of games. Six million. I'm umming and ahhing over him and Jack Harrison. Yeah, I think that, that he'll play. He'll play a lot of games. Um, but yeah, do you know what? I like it. I like. I'm never that good. So I wouldn't take what I say as gospel by any means. Like, but no, I yeah. definitely like to play, and it's nice. The worst part is obviously when they're playing against your side. Um, you know, talking about him with Son, <laughs> I've got him. I've got him in my team um, mainly for the first game of the season. Southampton. I think that um, you know that's what that's the, the, it gets so tactical. You know, I saw someone put on there that that, that Johnny um, at Wolves was a good pick for the start of the season. He was a great pick a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, he was brilliant. And I think there was a, another year, I think it was last year or the year before, might have been the year before, James Milner was registered as a defender. Yes, he played at left back, wasn't he? But because he was, and he was on penalties. Yeah. 
So he would take the penalties, he'd get the clean sheet points, and, you know, he was just like chipping in this and that. He was just a machine for points. I mean, Oscar, what about yourself? How do you how do you go about it? What's the process? What's the magic secret? I've I've been trying to assess it last couple of days and that lot. Just you know, we've had a bit of time to look at it. I had a bit of a tactic going last season where the back line I wanted I wanted no more than three different clubs involved in the back line. I wanted either two Liverpool, two Arsenal, two Chelsea, two Man City. So I always had the idea that. If one of those teams keeps a clean sheet, you can relax a little bit. You're not, you know, if you've got like an Arsenal defender, then a Man United defender, then a City defender, then a Chelsea defender, one of them might get absolutely hammered or something. And, you know, <laughs> or you might get a bit lucky and all of them keep a clean sheet. You've not really got a guaranteed constant source of points there. So that's definitely one thing I like to have. Um, I also had a bit of a tactic going where I had Son, Kane, Salah, Jota, as um, I, I think um, Song was still classed as a midfielder, I think, last season. I had that as like a front four. Um, the idea was that one of them will score in the game. You know, if, if one doesn't score, the other one will. Chances are Tottenham score a goal, it's going to be Song or Kane. Liverpool score a goal, it's going to be Salah or Jota, like, like at one point last season. Yeah, yeah. Jota drops off a bit. That was a bit of a tactic he had going. And to be fair, it won me a month within my fancy, within my league kind of thing. We had, oh, first. We have like a different system kind of thing where we do like monthly prizes on ours, like our individual league. Um, so I did win a month from doing that. But I think last season, it was definitely defence first. I'm not sure if that'll be the case as much this season. I think Haaland, Nunes, Kane from the off. I think you've seriously point, obviously wow. Salah as well. There's serious points to be had there. Yeah, but that's Last serious season. money. That's serious money, you know what I mean? It's got to be like got a budget of yeah, budget. Million, so. I mean, Luke, I feel like what, well. what was... Because you picked your side tonight. You, yeah. Like, I'm I'm not really how, gnawing about how are you now. feeling now after this little chat? <laughs> Tell uh, us your I'm, side. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, all right, I'll just go back to my squad. So, I've got... The keepers are Allison and Jose Sarr. Those are my keepers. <clears throat> I like when I play fantasy football. I mainly pick fullbacks because they're usually the set piece takers. So I've got Trent, Zinchenko, uh, Reese James, Cresswell, <laughs> and Romero from Spurs. And then my midfield at the moment, I've changed it like four times this show. So I've got Salah, Bruno Gimaraes, um, Michael Elise, um, Andreas Pereira, Mares. And I've got Sam Greenwood, Jesus and Kane up front. And I'm just chopping and changing because I'm... Uh, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> well, mine at the minute is Rhea in goal. I've got Trent, Robbo and Kyle Walker as my back three. <laughs> I went with uh, Pedro Neto, uh, Salah, mm-hmm. Rashford and Martial yeah. Yeah. in midfield. Sorry, not Martial, Martinelli in midfield. Martinelli, I was say Martial. Yeah, no, Martinelli Jeez. in midfield. And went for Havertz, Jesus and Kane are my gambles because I know I'm going to get goals with Kane. The other two, I'm not, I don't know. But I can't get the players that I want yet. You know, so it's just going to be a case of building till Christmas when the, or building till the World, World Cup when the unlimited transfers kick in again. And then you, you know what I've done? I've, uh, 
I've gone all out first eleven, and my bench is just shocking. <laughs> but what? but there's a tact there's a tactic to it. So I've got Ramsdale in goal, Cancelo, James, and Kieran Trippier at the back. And I've got Luis Diaz, Human Son, Martinelli, and Marcus Rashford. And I actually went for Martial up front because I believe he's played every single game for Man United. Yeah, yes, isn't he? I think he'll I think he'll start for Man United uh, top. So I've gone for Martial, Erling Haaland and Gabriel Jesus because I think no there's no one, in my opinion, that's gonna score um the most amount of goals for Arsenal apart from him because they've got apart from I think Saka scored maybe 12, 13 last season, and they need a hell of a lot more goals than that. Crikey. Oscar, what about you? Is who, is there anyone from when you were looking, have you been able to squeeze a Leeds player in there? Um, I mean, I've had to reset mine, to be fair, because I was going over my budget, um, so I'm changing, <laughs> I'm changing all the time. In terms of Leeds players, um, it's an interesting one. I think a lot of it's going to come from... I have a bit of a rule as well about avoiding new signings unless you're yeah. absolutely 100%. Like a Haaland, I think you'll be safe on. But maybe... Um, I was trying to think of a good example. Uh, Jesse Lingard, I'd probably avoid for now, to be fair, because I think yeah. you don't really know exactly how it's going to play out. But um, with the Leeds players, I'd give it a couple of weeks. I think Rasmus Christensen's got good potential. I think we'll keep more clean sheets this season. Um you know, he's contributed a lot of goals and assists um, in the past under Jesse Marsh. Um, Sinister was probably the standout in terms of potential, but six, again, he's on the start of the season. Five. Yeah, 6.5 mil as well. well. Um, I'd be a bit wary on that. Jack Harrison's always a decent bet. He's always good for seven or eight goals a season. If you are looking for like that fourth or fifth midfielder that's getting to your team, he's not going to be, you're not relying on him solely for output, but he's going to get you the odds tie you over a little bit. Um, he might yeah. be a decent little bet. But uh, at the minute, I've just been changing it a little bit. I think Joffy will be on the bench um, and will be coming in the odd time, just depending on how it goes for him this season. But yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one. But there's a couple of players I've been looking at, you know, in terms of a little bit more off the kind of, um, you know, I don't think anyone's mentioned him so far. I think one player I really like is um, Callum Wilson. But it depends on the injuries for me. Yeah, yeah his injury worries are a massive concern. Yeah, that's that's. But because you got a bench as well, because I, I play two different fantasy footballs. I play one and um, the Telegraph just with fam. It's been a family tradition for ages. To be fair, and um, you can't make it. It's about nineteen eighty four. Yeah, no, it's keeping on top of it. Luke is a is an absolute. Nice you still get through the, through the paper every week. It's, well, um, look. It's it's going to be one that we're going to be coming back to week in, week out, and we'll check up on how we're all doing. And I've got a feeling that we're all going to have a load of egg on our face by uh, probably mid-September. A hundred percent, I'm going to have the most egg on my face by September. Definitely. <laughs> I, think well, fair, I think we're all going to be Neto and Wilson were the one. I was going to say a couple of wild yeah. cards that I really like. You guys have got Trippier and Neto. The thing with Wilson is I look at the supply you'll get. It'd be decent in that Newcastle team towards yeah. the back end of the season. His goals per 90 is really good. When he plays, he tends to score. But obviously, it's the game time that's the issue. But, um, there was, but yeah, there was so, someone in the chat earlier on put a good one in. And it's that new striker, Skimaka. Yeah, Skimaka. Skimaka, yeah. That signed to West Ham because I think he will play and he will play regularly <coughs> and he will get service. It's just a case, Kenny and Oscar, like you said, 
signing someone who comes into the league as a newbie. It's a gamble, but it's a gamble that could really pay off if he's not in a lot of sides. You never know. I mean, look, we'll come back to it, no doubt about it, but there's a couple of other things, a bit of housekeeping. Um, obviously, everyone in the chat will know that um, Super Chats are off. We don't want the Super Chats anymore, but what we do want is for you guys to click in the drop-down link in the show's description and have a look at Bobby's Wish to Walk. And it's a charity that we're trying to get behind. They're over 100 grand raised already, but it's the last push now. It's the last push to get the last 50 grand to get him to America to get the same operation as what Sienna had. And he's Bobby, Bobby's a bit older, so it's a, it's a different type of operation, but any and all help that he can get to get these to get over there and get the treatment he needs and the physio that he's going to need when he comes home is really, really appreciated. And if you can donate, fantastic. If you can't donate, please share the link around your socials and just spread the word. And if you go into the link and you read his story, follow him on his socials and you get a feel for the kid. And when you do, you'll just go all above and beyond to give the guy a helping hand. You know, the family are doing the best they can, and it's just that last push now, and we'll get him there. I know we will. Um, right. Where can everyone find everybody? Luke, Luke T, how have you, what have you got coming up with the UFC in combat sports in the next week or two? Well, on Sunday, me and Callum from Team Coppish, we're doing a watch long for UFC 277. So that'd be the graveyard shift. You're back on to your night shift again. <laughs> At uh, 3 a.m. on a Sunday, because we're that mad. And then, yeah, I'll be, think I'll be on there next week. I think it'll be either Chris will return and I'll miss a week, or yeah, just depends. Yeah, yeah so catch me on here and Sanderson show, really. All right, that's brilliant. And uh, Luke from Rivalry Side, obviously, people can catch you on there. What have you got coming up over the, the next week and a half, two weeks before the season starts? You're on mute again, buddy. Yeah, it all could uh, it all could change in the coming weeks, but for the time being, um, obviously, um, as you can see, you can catch me at Rivalry Aside TV. Currently, we're doing a North London Lowdown show, Arsenal and Spurs uh, chat every single week. Um, so, if you do, you know, if you are interested in what I have to say, please go follow us there. But obviously, you know, as you mentioned before, Kev, more importantly, you know, uh, make sure you click the link below, and if you can donate, obviously. Please make sure you do. It's more important than any subscribers that are on, you know, or not on my channel. But, you know, if you fancy having a watch, you know, please do. It is good uh, stuff. Yeah, it is actually good stuff. Go I see you and you and Den going at it and all good natures, all good fun. And, you know, respectful debate and respectful yeah. banter. It, it's all you want to see, mate. And it's re it really is great content over there. And, Oscar, what are you up to at the minute? All Leeds TV, all ready and firing for the for the season there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, trying, obviously, we're trying to do a watch along for our last pre-season friendly, which is Saturday, not Sunday, not Saturday night, Sunday night um, against Calgary. Um, and then obviously into the new season, doing a prediction video, preview for the Wolves game. Just feels mad to be back. But um, you can find us on all these TV, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. And yeah, and uh, but guys, please do donate. Let's push. Let's have a final push. Let's get donated. 
Brilliant. Absolutely unreal push once again for day trippers because honestly, you guys in terms of what you've what you've done for people is absolutely unreal in terms of fundraising. So mm-hmm. let's help them again, guys. Come on. It's our, our absolute pleasure. Listen, thank you all very much for coming on uh, in the first show of the new season. And uh, we will definitely be seeing you guys soon. And uh, thank you all in the chat for your contributions. And you guys are just the best. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.